0: Welcome to the Property Developers and Investors podcast, where we explore the detail of what it really takes to achieve great success in the business of property developments and investments. Now let's get into this week's episode. The final slide here is to review cross, Avoid the overwhelm. Compartmentalize. Don't let it eat you up. You know, with the cost of living and energy prices it you can become transfixed on your energy meter so compartmentalize it it's a project that's all it is it's an important project compartmentalize it allocate some time if you're not alloc- if you're allocating time but not putting in your diary you're not allocating time so make sure you have a specific time when you do that and make sure that time is probably when call centers are open as well so you're going to review your monthly personal and business costs on a regular basis. You're going to challenge tradition. Think outside of the box. Do things different. For those of you who still got a landline, do you really need one? You know, just think differently. Save yourself a few quid. Become tax efficient. Okay. We preserve any post-tax pounds. If any money has come to us through dividends or PAYE salary, anything like that, we do not want to spend it. So with a passion, we try and preserve that. Okay, so how do we have our lifestyle that works with our business um, and transfer, it won't be everything, but transfer as much as is feasibly possible into our business, which will lower the profitability. Therefore, it will mean we're paying less corporation tax. And there's the transfer costs. There we go, a review on cost control. So, challenge that traditional thinking. Let's think of examples, and these are from personal experience of how we've challenged traditional thinking. Well, we, we've left the day job, we left the, our careers back in 2015. So, we've done the hard yards. We've done what what many of you are trying to achieve, I suspect. Um, and we know it's not easy, but we know when you climb the wall and get over the other side, it's an amazing. The views, the experience, is no easier. Is different and more enjoyable. That traditional thinking. Why should my time with my family miss out on the kids going to school and be? I'm racing back from home, uh, racing back home, trying to see the kids before they go to bed. No, family comes first. Family first is is a philosophy that Nigel and I have had for many many years now. Sars pensions, great example. Do you really want your pension, which is probably one of your largest bank accounts? Do you really want your pension strategy to be a 10-minute look of at the pension statement that lands on the doormat every November or December? No, there's a different way. Now, I didn't know what a SAS pension was in 2014, but I set myself a challenge. I was 43, 44, and I decided, look, I want to be in control of that pension. How is the best way to do that? worked out what a SAS was, wrote a few books on the subjects. I was passionate about it, surround myself with great people. And and we all learn. The rising tide lifts all ships, as they say. The art of valuing your time, super crucial tax transformation. I've got four kids, so my wife and I, that's six of us in the family. Um, My wife was working really hard as the homemaker. Um, So I was earning you know, very nice wage, thank you very much, but being taxed up to the eyeballs and nobody else was earning. So now we have six columns in our income line, six columns, and that's four children of different ages and my wife and I, and Nigel will have the same and you should have the same as well. And look at how best can I structure my businesses to decide how I create my earnings and wealth. And sometimes you have to think very differently. We are creating significant social impact investing measures. We're creating 100 million impact nights. One impact night is one person not sleeping in a doorway of Poundland in a cardboard box. You know, An impact night is somebody who has the benefit of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know, they've got warmth, they've got shelter, safety and security for one night. And we're creating a hundred million impact nights through our assets. You don't do that through conventional thinking. You know nobody's got the resource to do that on their own. You have to think completely differently. And that's a challenge. and that's such an exciting um role to play in society, creating that societal impact and creating shared value. And we're going to be sharing more on that with our Equihub, uh community and our mastermind members. Um, And that's been a a real inspiration for everybody. That creating shared value ethos comes through environmental, social, and governance, ESG. Some of you may have heard about it. If you haven't, look it up. We've been involved in that since 2008 and follow the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. And of course, leadership. All of those elements are leadership. Leadership of your family unit, leadership of your mindset, your strategy. Um, and your strategic vision for your for your businesses and for society as a whole. And then we go creating shared value. If you're a developer, don't try and make money. Don't try and make money at the expense of people. Create shared value where everybody wins. So in a development, the team ourselves, you know, we we get shared value absolutely. The banks, the funders, private investors do. Vendors, agents. Our supply chain all make money. Our professional team make money. And we create social impact in the neighbourhood. So everybody makes money. So if I said to you, how much, what percentage profit is there in a development? Just, in fact, do that exercise. Just write in the chat box, not in the Q&A, in the chat box, what percentage profit is there in a development? Let's say it's a... £2 million development. Just write in the chat box uh, some of your thoughts, just a, a percentage. Come on, don't be shy. What percentage profit is in a development? Okay, so somebody said, uh, Mike said 24%. Oh, sorry, the chat's disabled. I beg your pardon. Pop it in the uh, in the Q&A, uh, Q&A box. Thanks for that, Ed. Hope you're well, by the way. Long time. Um, so Mike said twenty four percent. Nick Satz said twenty percent. John Johnson said twenty. Uh, Mindigal said twenty five. Um, Anonymous said twenty five. Darren said twenty. Ed said fifteen to twenty. Great. Okay. So I think generally we'd agree that that would be the metrics that we would measure. But the question I said was, how much profit is there in a development? I didn't say how much profit is there for the developer. So let's assume that your numbers are between 20 and 25%. That's how much we're going to make as the developer. The bank are going to make a return. The vendors, the supply chain, the professional team, add all that up, and this is how much value you create. And when when you go into property development, as an example, you're the catalyst of creating shared value nobody the lawyers don't make any money nor does the architect nor does the the main contractor unless you step out and actually create that value okay so it's just a different way of looking at how you create and trigger value we do a whole podcast series on this very subject And just some details on the mastermind. Uh, We have masterminds that we meet monthly. They're face-to-face. You get full access to the Equa IDA, the business plan, the Equa Hub where all the recorded content is and all the masterclasses that we do. So they're face-to-face. We have one in Essex and one in Surrey, and they are exclusive. There is a very limited number of people, and we keep those because – You've got a community there that stay together, um, feed off each other, work with each other. It's a boardroom environment you can see in the bottom left-hand side, maximum 20 people. And we're really focused on your individual challenges, opportunities. You get the chance to present your business. So it's very much round the table. Plenty of time for you to analyze your business with us, get that direct feedback. If you're interested, just click on that QR code. Uh, book a book a call with me. You'll come straight to me, and we can have a a chat and see if that's right for you. Very happy to spend uh, fifteen or twenty minutes just exploring that with you. Okay, so you, let's go back to your wealth context here. Financial wealth, the way you structure that financial wealth is going to be very different. Um, depending on the different types of outcomes you want. you could establish your assets and investment um, and energies in a company structure in an LLP. you could do it in a, in pensions. so that could be a SAS or a sip or or any any other types of uh, defined benefit or defined contribution schemes. In other forms of trust, and we do use trusts quite a lot because there's no point in just uh, creating wealth if you haven't got the intelligence to protect the wealth as well, Um, and in some cases personally as well. So it's all about tax-efficient structuring. Now, that tax-efficient structuring will will enable you to draw uh, income remuneration in very different ways, in very tax-efficient ways for not just you, but for you and your dependents, in my case, that would be for myself, my wife, and my four children. Um, you may have a different, you know, different life partner. Um, you may have um, uh, uh, individuals there who you work closely with, uh, business partners, uh, family members, children. So, yeah, you know, it's all about the structuring. The and you can aggregate that wealth in different. Uh, different ways. Now, remember, decipher, decipher model. You can get your wealth through dividends, very tax efficient. Although government are putting pressure on that. Let's see what the budget's like tomorrow. So, dividends, equity. How do you create equity? Because it's not just about cash flow; it's about cash flow and net worth. So, there's equity there. How do you add that value? Creating that cash flow income is that paye income. Well, if you've got different employees in your company and their family members, could you all take a lower level of of income and keep below the national insurance threshold or or below the 20% um, level? Um, Having pension contributions, pension contributions taken from a business is tax efficient. It goes in as a cost, therefore it reduces profit, means you're paying less corporation tax. So different structures like that. How are you hedging? You might be hedging in different ways, could be in gold or, or other, other areas. How do you create other forms of earnings? They, they could be royalties we've spoken about there. So there are many different ways there. And it all comes back to, you know, there's no point in you wanting to take, um, income through dividends if you're not structuring through companies. Um, so lots of, of different angles there. And we haven't even started to talk about. Various allowances and tax efficient allowances, which might enable you to strategically acquire assets and create immediate uh, cash impact um, to you uh, from your tax codes. So, having a clear economic equation is crucial. I said this right at the top of the hour, massively important. Um, so, let's just have a very quick look at an example. And, and this is not too far off ours. You have an asset put that asset in the right structure, the, stru- the asset then creates cash flow. The cash flow then, we want to make it tax efficient, so we'll put it into pension, make pension contributions into our SAS. We'll create commercial property, and with that, we can do third-party loans. We can also do a loan back where we can loan to our own company. So we can loan to our own company at very low rates, And that creates a low cost of capital, reduces our weighted average cost of capital in our investments, which enables us to seize more opportunity, because who would like more deals, right? You need to be able to to be efficient, and that enables us to scale and create multiple assets quite quickly. So there's a, a great example there. And in the Equa Hub, again, some of that approved content there. I've just finished recording. I mean, this is part one, and it's you can see from the timer there, 59 minutes. It's a six-part series. So there's six hours of SAS case studies structuring that will be able to help you all in the Equa Hub. Now that's enough talking from me. Um I'd like to introduce you to a wonderful gentleman I've got to know over the course of the last year. And he's going to tell you about what it means to him, about his why, how he's structured his affairs and what it how it's transformed his life. So I'd like to give you a, a wonderful virtual round of applause to uh, to Bjorn Harris. Hi Bjorn, you're all right. Hey, good evening. Thanks, Mark. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm gonna just
1: share my yeah. screen. Um Mark, let's let me know when uh, you can see it on the. Yep. yep, there we go. Perfect. Over to you, Bjorn. Great, excellent. All right, so um, I've got a set of slides here which I want to share around our journey, and I think the key thing for me is everyone's journey is is different, and every journey, um, every background is different. Um, but what I've seen, and I've and I've been on many of these webinars and and discussions with other people, that strategies to get there can be quite similar. So at least I hope this is useful. Uh, for the, uh, everyone on the uh, on the call tonight, just to see my our background and how we got to where we have uh, today. So where have I come from? Um, I'm also a corporate man, or have been, 15-year uh, corporate career, leading businesses, uh, units, and uh, European teams, and that was within Canon Europe. Um, and that was around service operations, um, leading their external contact centre, the uh, 3,000 engineers, the logistics, Um, and also firefighting, very similar to what Mark said, uh, going into departments and actually trying to change those departments to be more successful. Uh, But I actually left corporate in 2022, and that was really to deliver the personal goals, and I want to share that with you tonight. Um, And and really, the fundamental thing for us that made the change was to support the well-being and care of our eldest son. Um, Our strategy was, whilst we have several wealth pillars, uh, around property, it was very much around supporting Uh, NHS and care workers with the property that we would would purchase and refurb, um, and then provide them with affordable accommodation. So what I wanna share with you tonight is um, my why, um, our vision onto how we we, we move forward uh, with the clear goals to get there, uh, our property strategy, and then lastly, just a a few pictures and examples to show. So where did it all start? Back in 2012, our uh, uh, eldest son, Ben, uh, was born. He was born with an um, acute and severe syndrome called Cornelia de Lange syndrome. It's a very rare syndrome, but it has um, cognitive, mental and physical um, uh, acute uh, issues and deformities um, as part of that syndrome. So it really rocked our world. It really changed our world. And it was a real upward struggle, to be fair. Uh, from a corporate perspective, my career was uh, put on hold for a couple of years with many hospital visits. In fact, we lived in a hospital for many, many, many months, um, many, many sleepless nights, etc. Um, and you know, I like this quote because it really sort of says it for me, which is life begins when things go wrong. You know, it's really easy just to have um, every day the same. You just go to work, um, you live and breathe the same way, the weekends are the same, uh, you go on holidays, etc. But this really shook us and, and made us rethink. And whilst we didn't change things straight away, we had to recondition ourselves and get ourselves ready for change. And whilst my career was great, it was starting to get more challenging and, and being abroad more and, and less available for the children. And, and ultimately, that's the most important thing. I wasn't able to see my children, my family. And You can see Ben there in the bottom and with his uh, with his brother, youngest brother, Charlie, and then us as a family together. So that for me was the really the, the why and where it all started from. So um, being in a corporate man, um, a lot of uh, the, the teams that I ran, I always put together a vision and strategy and the goals um to really move the team forward in the same direction it uh, doesn't work so well with your wife um so I wouldn't recommend doing this uh, and throwing it straight in front of her but over time she realized it was a good way to do it so we put a storyboard together to say you know what what, is, what would our 70 year old uh, want to look back and say we did and we achieved and, and what is it what's what's fun for us so that really then broke it down uh, into several pockets and you can see in the bubbles there the uh, the different areas and I'm not going to go into the details here but we, we then isolated them into different sections and then ultimately into four different pockets and those four different pockets then were work-life balance um, and for us it was about Ben and security and well-being because we couldn't really achieve anything we were underwater constantly so we needed to make sure we could get on top of his care um, and our family well-being in order to have that life balance and the work balance, well, that was also something of consideration and a challenge. And then, fundamentally, our future wealth management. Now, as Mark has mentioned, you know, being on the payroll um, within with, with a company and employer is great, um, especially when the, the 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 career is going okay, etc. But it stops when you stop working. So, how do you achieve a future wealth management that continues not only uh, whilst you're sleeping, but whilst you're no longer around? And that was really important for us with Ben. If we both passed away. Ben would be left with nothing and and no support for him. And then once we've achieved what we wanted to achieve, it was about giving back. We had lots to give back. We have lots to give back for, for, from the hospitals that have helped us, from the charity that was very much closely linked to to Ben's um, condition, to the local school that's helped with Ben, to the local community as well. So that was very simple for us once we structured it in our heads. And we have then put a very clear vision across that, which is build a sustainable future. It has to be sustainable something that can deliver and change, you know, when Ben's fitting well, things are great. When Ben's not good, things are difficult. So we need some sustainability throughout that period. Uh, But it has to also deliver a richer life, not just for us, but for for Ben, for Charlie, um, and and us, my wife and I. So those four sections in the previous slide were really then the key four goals that we have underpinning uh, that vision. So family, security, wellbeing, balance, future wealth management, and charity and community. But no point having goals if you don't have targets. So we've also put targets for the next three years, and we'll keep reviewing these and then con- continue to extend them, uh, very similar to what um, I would do in corporate as well with a medium-term plan. Again, just re-, re- uh, doing those same skills into our, our family and making sure that we continue um, doing the things that we agree to do um, to make sure that we have the, uh, the, the sustainable future and the, a and the richer life. So on the left, the security well-being is around very much around Ben's needs, actually, around care, care and support, house adaptions that he needed, education plan that was really key for his secondary school that he's now going into September. And then balance was actually for me more, more than, than my wife. was. I was uh, working abroad a lot, uh, up at 5.30, back at 7.30 or, or away for the whole week, just not sustainable. So trying to move it down now to 2023 to 3.5 days working week, it doesn't mean three and a half days every week it, it will mean just more holidays over a period of the the whole year so i can be away with family holidays and actually hopefully still work um with the change i have now from from career and then number three is future wealth management um so a sustainable amount per, of income per year um by 2023 and then the last one charity community give myself my hours back um for charity which i've already on two trustee boards um for our national charity for the CDLS Foundation and then the local community as well. Again, not good. no point having goals and targets if you don't have steps to get there. Um, And this, again, I'm not going to go through this, but you can see this is our end of 2022, where we started to uh, tick where we've achieved something and where we haven't. Um, And that that keeps going on uh, for 2023 and so on. But it allows us to then find uh, smaller targets for each of those key goals and makes it much more accessible. But future wealth management, um, another reason why, uh, I guess, um, we're all on the call tonight. Um, our focus is is definitely property. Now, what Mark shared today around SaaS pension and other areas is also very, very important for us because they're all circular and they all work together. And that's the reason why I joined the Mastermind Success Mastermind course, to really understand that and also um, inject a bit more into the property strategy. But our fundamental property strategy was focusing on Hospitals and healthcare support. Our circular able to give back to the community that uh, who supported us so much with with uh, Ben and his needs. So we have created um, three two different areas. First of all, the the um, rental market for supporting hospital hospital workers and healthcare workers. So medical students just coming out or in in um, uh, in a medical degree or young medical professionals or family medical professionals but also that circular economy around a hospital. So temporary contract staff, travel, doctors, consultants, uh, anyone who's, uh, who's been admitted as a patient and requires family accommodation to who wants to come and visit, or even contract um, builders, et cetera. They all need support for accommodation for short-term periods, so more like your service accommodation type versus your longer-term rental. And that was great because that, get, that allowed us, um, for the tenant or for the tenants to be, Provided with attractive rental because our idea is to be able to give back some of the rental back to them, maybe the twelfth month free, which we're still needing to work on because we need the income to be there first. But for us, also high unemployment rate and also low, low void, so it works for both, not only uh, the tenant but also for us this strategy. But how do we actually get there? That's the other key thing. You know, it's very easy to come up with a strategy. Um, so for me, this is this is the journey I, I put us on, which was. Actually, we had a bit of capital, so we wanted to use that to understand and learn and grow relationships and and be ready. So investing in others. Now, we could actually get a return on investing with others as well. So it really was a win-win. And we got mentoring um, and real growth and understanding. And then I put a target to say, in 2022, I need a joint venture. I want to have enough skill set to give to someone else to want to do a joint venture with me. So that's what we achieved in 2022. And then lastly, be investable. And and whilst we've had family and friend investment to get us to where we are now, we haven't got a recurring investment that's really driven by a demonstrable high degree of experience and the ability to be consistent and that robust business model. So that's what we've achieved um, Q4 2022 to really drive in 2023. But really important as well is um, learning journeys, not just from that type of structure, but also from podcasts, from networking from training and from things like masterminds. And that, I've, I've really got that from Equipment Mastermind, for example, but also very much from networking with other people. So it's always nice to see example projects. Um, nothing um, that changes work from our projects, but we have been very much focused on three to four beds, conversion to HMOs, really trying to add as much value to those properties. Um, so we get to an uplift when we do a refinance. Um, But we've also done some very uh, lower risk in this case. These three projects have no planning required, um, which makes it much simpler because we know already the timeline um, and we know there's no planning and therefore no minimal risk in that. The uh, differences we have in terms of the development is that some are standard en-suites, but we also do more some with kitchens as well within the actual um, uh, en-suite, the actual HMO. They have their individual kitchens as well as a shared kitchen. We found that the market's starting to demand that more where they want to share community, but they also want to have their own ability to to cook and have their own um, own time in their own room. So we started to provide a bit of a mix and that's really worked well. And it works well for us from strategies for both um, service accommodation, for that circular economy around the hospital, but also for tenants such as NHS workers, et cetera. So really very simple, three bed, two, five bed, six bed HMO. We've done one slightly larger, which was a 10-bed, needed planning, um, so therefore more risk. Um, So you have to be cautious with these unless you get planning as part of the condition. Uh, But the same strategy still holds for this one. So a mix of, in this case, a mix of young professionals and NHS workers. We've also gone a bit bigger. Um, We bought an ex-guest house. Now, this was um, the first guest house in our joint venture last year, uh, which actually started and founded the name of our company, Bella Vista Homes Limited. The guest house was called Bella Vista. Um, and our USP to purchase this, our unique selling point, was really about how can we better other people going for bids for this property outside of the market? And we said, we'll purchase really, really quickly. The planning was already in there. And we said, if we can work with our professional team, as Mark was already mentioned, if you have a really good team behind you, we had we had a great legal team and solicitors who could support us. We got this through really, really quickly. So that gave us the ability to purchase this. And we've title split it and then converted to 16-bed HMOs. Um, We're holding a rental and then currently NHS workers are in there. And lastly, a really interesting one, we bought a care home. Again, our USP was very similar. We'll sell it, we'll buy it really quickly. That was the the main reason why um, this particular person wanted to sell. They just had to get rid of it before a really serious operation. So we were able to achieve that for her. Um and we've had sat on this for a bit, actually We knew we, our exit strategy could be to to resell back as a care home um we then we knew, also knew we could um, fit this out into flats, but we're now looking at supported living and over the last two weeks, actually we've done some real progress now in um, a lot of interest in um, providers using this as a supported living and this wouldn't have been there if I hadn't been on the Equa academy courses. This is something that Mark shared. In a very specifically in detail in one of our academies. And it's really supported, actually, this direction and really sits really well with our values as myself and my wife and my business partner as well in the joint venture. We really want to, this is one of the part, giving back and obviously supporting similar people like my son when he will need supported living in the future. So what do the um, properties look like inside? So we try and provide high quality. and uh, We keep changing as we go. Um, trying to pr- improve and improve and improve, and here you can see one with the kitchenette, um, and um, then also the the ensuite bedroom. So that's myself in a very short um, timeline. Um, Mark, I think I now pass back to you, or do we ask questions onto any questions that may have come up?
0: As, ab- absolutely brilliant, Bjorn. I'm I'm always inspired. Um, hearing people's journeys, the trials and tribulations of getting to where they need to get to. And uh, yours is particularly inspiring. And uh, I think what we'll do, if, if it's okay, if anybody wants to ask any specific questions, pop them in the Q&A box. We'll carry on. And Bjorn, if you'd like to stay till the end, and then we'll, we'll answer any Q&As directly at the end, if that's okay. Perfect. Great stuff. Brilliant. Thank Thanks. you so much for that. Really appreciate it. And Nigel, this is why we do what we do, isn't it? We just love working with people and seeing these real tangible results in life.
1: Absolutely incredible. And you know, Beyond there's just shown, you know, how how important that why is and how that creates the drive and the passion and the tenacity, you know, and and as you go down this journey, there's going to be bumps in the road. Absolutely. Every single day, potentially. And it's that y is the drive, isn't it? That's the horsepower in the engine to just drive over those bumps and, and achieve, you know, just, just showing what Bjorn's achieved over the very few years, really, you know, to where
0: we are today. And it's just absolutely incredible and very, very impactful.
1: So well done, Bjorn.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode. And if you would like more inspiration, why not join our Facebook group, Property Developers and Investors, or visit our website, www.equacademy.co.uk.